Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. Hey, how's it going? How are we as a group doing, you know, terrible? (laughs) The silence. <laughs> worst we've ever been yeah yeah it actually like I, I don't know how because it's not about the book but progressively every time we get on the phone our lives have gotten worse <laughs> yeah like everyone's just doing like the least well they've ever done we're Shit good quite literally escalates yeah not to be facetious but just kidding we're so close to the release of Lightbringer and I want to die yeah I feel like impending doom I feel like the world's about to end. I feel like I've heard a lot of people who've gotten the arc. Yeah, fuck them. But I've heard a lot of people who have gotten it say it's like so good. It's like the best book. And I have a really hard time with that because as much as I like to say that I like Iron Gold and Dark Age, they're not great books for like mental health. Uh, No, for mental health reasons, I will be stopping reading Dark Age. Like... (laughs) <laughs> I don't really understand how you can be like, I really enjoyed it. Cause like I, I read dark age. I, I appreciate it for what it is, but I wouldn't say I enjoyed the experience that I had five stars would change a few things. Okay. Five stars. I'm going to go cry in my closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for real. Definitely not with that one person commented on my reel saying that it was so boring. Girl, did you fucking read the book? No one cares about your opinion if that's what it is. Listen, absolute block. I like have some feelings about that woman. And I don't even know who she I was like, your opinions are not valid. I'm sorry to be that person to tell you, but they're incorrect. You're wrong. And I don't care. Blocked immediately. Blocked. Good for you. Good for you. I've heard a few people say that they think this was the best book that Pierce has ever done for Iron Gold. <laughs> so much hesitation so I'm gonna go with gut instinct no for the amount of characters he's juggling it's pretty impressive do I enjoy this book not because it's bad because it just makes me sad I don't know yeah I think this one is really impressive because he goes from first person past or like I don't know if it's past tense but he goes from like first person essentially to like third person kind of and does like multiple POVs and all that sort of stuff so he definitely changes really drastically which I think is kind of cool and shows like his writing you know how he's like changed as a writer as an author and all that kind of stuff and I think that this book is probably like his most impressive if we're going to go like in order I think Dark Age is a much better more well-structured I almost said more better structured I think it's better it's more what am I trying to say I think it's more well done and better structured but I think Iron Gold itself is like the most impressive of his books if that makes sense I definitely think he's like maturing. Yeah. Like as one does, as you usually, as you write, you get better. But yeah, I just feel like it's a whole another planet. Like people say this one is his favorite book, but I think this book, it's not his best, but I think it's the most impressive for like who he was as an author and like where he's taking the series and the fact that he can still keep people interested after he's like changed the entire kind of setup and structure of like the actual writing. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a very good point. I know a lot of people also with this book hate that he chose to do the multiple point of view, mm-hmm. but I think that it makes the story so much better. I think that yeah. this, you're right. This is honestly some of his best writing. Is it his best? No, but is it close? Yeah. Some of it. Second best. If some you will. of it. Not all of it though. <laughs> a couple of POVs are pretty okay. 
I would definitely take some out for sure. <laughs> I do have a few notes. Everybody in the group has a few notes and we're going to go through them right now. <laughs> and the first note would be Lysander as a character. And then we'll just spend three hours talking about that. He should have died as a child. They should have murdered him. <laughs> there was there was no reason to keep him alive. I'm just going to say that right now. I 100% <laughs> agree. Severo was correct. Cassius is an idiot just for like a moment. Okay. Said it. I don't know what Cassie has wanted out of this. Like, why why do you want this fucking 10-year-old boy hanging out with you forever? Just just let him go. Yeah. He wanted a little baby Julian. Yeah, they do say that. The beginning of this book is really so we can kind of start from the beginning, but I think the beginning is really sad, especially now that like I think the first time I read it, I took some gaps in between Morningstar and this one. And so I didn't realize like I guess how profound it was. But the beginning where he's having a conversation with Dancer and like sort of realizing that democracy isn't working and like the society they built kind of fell apart i feel like that part is first of all really big foreshadowing for like the rest of the book and the series but i feel like that part is really sad because dero's like tried so hard and he just realizes like he's never gonna make the man he idolized and like looks up to happy and everything around him is literally just crumbling yeah it's like i don't know how i mean he definitely goes off the deep end but at the same time like i don't know how he like still kind of keeps it together Keeping it together is used very loosely, but um, yeah, it's just like, that would be really shitty to watch. Yeah. And like to continue to like, I don't know, make these decisions that are so altering and like, and stay like steadfast, you know, like he talks about the iron rain that they did against the will of, you know, the Senate or what have you. And it's like, it would be really hard to continue to think that you're always right, or you have to do the right thing, or like you were kind of keeping that dream alive while everyone around you is like, you're wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, the book literally starts with him walking up the stairs and his inner monologue is him saying that he is so tired. I know. It's like the beginning of this book is depressing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, is everybody okay? The answer is no, but no, <laughs> no. Also come into like a shit storm. Yeah. Like 10 years later, shit storm. And it just doesn't stop. <laughs> I almost kind of wish that he didn't. I mean, I get what he was going with, but I almost kind of wish that he didn't do the 10 year gap because I feel like we lost a lot and it's not like super relevant, but I feel like we lost a lot of the character development for like Pax and Severo and Victor's relationship and things like that. And like how Dancer fits into all of this. And I think you do get a lot of that in Dark Age, but I can see why people get annoyed with Iron Gold because I feel like it's a lot of just like not show and not tell, you know what I mean? Like you're not getting any of the world building until the very, very end talking about Romulus losing his arm and all that kind of stuff. Like you're not actually getting that description until the very, very end. And you're not getting like who Pax is as a person, like all this kind of stuff. And then they make him a really important character like halfway through. And you're like, I don't really give a shit about this kid just because his parents are cool. Like doesn't mean I love him. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a lot of gaps that he fills in throughout the book very slowly so it like makes sense it's not like a sarah j mass thing where it's just like just like good luck everybody um yeah so i do appreciate in that regard that it is kind of like slower yeah i i really like that he did the 10 years in the future i don't i did not honestly mind that there's nothing really in the middle and you kind of have to figure it out as you go I really like that he started with you know this is I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to say or what I want to say because you know you get to the end of Morningstar and everything's really great and everything's finally peaceful 
And then you hit 10 years in the future and everything is a disaster still. And it's honestly twice as bad as it was before. Right. You realize that the peace was never, it was never actually there. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like, I don't know. I was a little bit, I just was confused by like everything that was happening. And I felt like we were kind of thrown into it. And obviously you get more background as we go, but I don't know. I almost wish it was like five years or there was like a longer prologue or something. I don't, I don't really know how you could have like fixed that, but I think that's where I was like a little confused at the beginning of this. Cause I was like, I don't actually know what's happening. I feel but, like you definitely can benefit from rereading this because yeah, I am the one that read it like the most recently. I read it last year and I finished Dark Age around this time last year, mm-hmm. but I feel like I still like half the time I'd be like, sometimes I'd be like, what's going on <laughs> and I'd, I'd be like okay and so now that I'm rereading it yeah like gaps are kind of being filled that I like miss because I Definitely. do take my time in reading like I don't know this sounds stupid but like reading every word and every sentence when you read something else you kind of like can understand a little bit faster mm-hmm. to me I have to like take it all in because there's like a lot of nuance and shit you know? yeah definitely a lot of nuance I think this one was a much better uh, this is only my second reread of this one as well and I think the other three this this that was my third rereads slash 15th so I feel like I had like a better grasp on the storyline for those and the first time I was reading it I was so confused so yeah I agree like I definitely went like page by page and was like really paying attention and like writing a lot of notes down and trying to figure it all out because I think there's a lot of things too in this one that is like foreshadowing and like easter eggs i want to say for the rest of the series and like what's going to happen later on in the book like there's so many things that happen at the very beginning that you're like that's going to be important later but you don't know it at the time so i think this is one of those ones yeah that it's really good to either like read in parts and i know someone was saying this that they read it per pov because they don't really like intersect a lot so you mm-hmm. they were like reading like all of Lyria's parts all of ephraim's parts all of darrow's parts and all of lysander's like in their read through instead of reading in order which i thought was like a really interesting take that's interesting. You get big gaps. I mean, especially in Dark Age, you get huge gaps. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you just feel like you're not in a bad way, but like you're left hanging and you're like, damn it. That's and why like, I don't like POVs, to be honest. So you don't like the multiple POV? No, but me- mostly just because I'm impatient and I'm a slow reader. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I think it would be really interesting and probably something I would do in the next reread is I would go through and do it in that in that order. And then maybe the last, like, I don't know, as soon as I think Lyria and like Ephraim overlap, then maybe I would kind of read them in tandem. But I think it would be really mm-hmm. interesting to go through it. And if you read it in that order, would you have like a better idea of what was going on or like make it a little bit easier? I think the other problem with me too, personally, is that like, I have a really hard time remembering who's who. And even as I'm like reading it or listening to the audiobook or doing whatever, I'm like, who the fuck is that person again? Like, who are they? Hmm? Where'd they go? What's, what's their name again? So I think <laughs> was Alexander. Like literally, who is Lysander? I have no idea. I don't know who I was telling this recently. I feel like there needs to be some sort of family tree. Ooh, yeah. Because Romulus and Atlas are brothers, I think. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they're brothers. Mm -hmm. And that confuses the heck out of me. Because I'm pretty sure it's Atlas and Atlantia. I could be wrong. Wait, let me say, let me look this up before I actually- No, I think you're right. And it's, I mean, it's Aja's kid is Ajax. Like, I know this is a bit of like, that goes forward, but it's like, really? That really, that, that was the, that was the choice we made. You know, I don't know. I think there's just a lot of that, like Tactus and his brother, Tactus, Titus, Tactus, Tactus. See, here I go again. And like Tactus and all his brothers, like they all have very similar names too. I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of similarities between all of them. And then I don't really understand like who's who in context. 
even when I'm mm-hmm. like physically reading it. And I definitely had a better idea this time, but I, I remember the first time reading through being like, who the fuck is Apollonius? And like, why does he matter? You know? Yeah. yeah Atlas and um, Romulus are. Yeah. Atlas and Atlantia or whatever. Who's Atlantia? Atlantia Atlanti- uh, is Aja's sister. She's like the third Fury or whatever. That's right. Yeah. That's right. She's yeah. the only one left. So yeah. 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 That's Never cool. heard of her. Well, let's do it now. Who in this one is your favorite point of view? I'll tell you right now, it's not Darrow. Amen. Fuck, that's what I was going to say. Not Darrow? <laughs> no, I, I was going to say Darrow. So boring. What? Also, I have a weird thing with uh, Apollonius, so that's probably why. Yeah, that's right. You have a big heart on for him. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. But I was starting to remember why I did, besides him just being like a good, crazy guy. He's the biggest drama queen on planet earth and i really like it it's just like entertaining yeah i definitely appreciated his character a lot more in this one i think than i did the first time because i was like i'm so confused as who the fuck this guy is and now that i've like read back through and i do love tactus and i'm like sad for him i was like a little more invested in that storyline but and and he is really funny like i i do think he's a really good bad guy but I don't, Darrow's never, Darrow is never my favorite point of view. <laughs> like now that I've had else, like now that I've had others, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I can, yeah, I can understand why. The only reason I didn't like Darrow, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but it's very common in Iron Gold and in Dark Age where every other chapter starts with, or like starts back up where it left off. Versus you start in Darrow's chapter and he has to give you a full description of like every room that he's in. Like, why are you, why are we doing this? This is so unnecessary. This is not poetic. This is starting to get annoying. I actually didn't notice that. Yeah. Almost every single chapter. But that, I did notice that towards the end that a lot of his descriptions, I was like, okay, we get it. Like you're, you're in a planet and there's like dust and there's ships and shut up, you know? So I definitely did notice that, but I didn't notice that it was at the start of every chapter and I will never not Dark notice Age. that now. Dark Age is really bad with, in that regard. Yeah. Describing a lot. So, well, who's your favorite point of view then, Tiffany? Um, I want to say Lyria, but she like kind of annoys me in this book. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe Ephraim? <laughs> yeah. I honestly think in this book, it might be Lysander and I hate mm. him so much, but I like that he's with Cassius and you get to see what else, what else is happening on the other end of the galaxy. I like that the entire time you're finally getting this idea of where the rim is. Uh Yeah. Where they are after the war. And you get to finally see that this is not anyone just sitting idle. This is actually a full, a totally different beast that Darrow is going to have to deal with later on. I like to watch that build. Yeah, that's so true. And like, I think, now that I've gone a little into dark age, I feel like I appreciate everything that's happening more because that first time around, I I remember some like bits and pieces of this, but I actually really don't remember a lot of that book. And so I feel like now that I've read through all of iron gold and I kind of have a better grasp of everything. And like we said, going straight out of morning star straight into this one and kind of having that like conversation that he has at the very end with Romulus and all that and seeing the repercussions, I think is really interesting and like makes his character kind of cool. And you're seeing it from like, I don't want to say he's like a pure gold because he's not, but like a very pure, like a purist mindset versus like Cassius, who's kind of like, well, there's rules we have to follow and all these sorts of things. And with Lysander, you're just seeing him like being really respectful and like having a lot of respect for these like idols, you know, from the the rim and, and that kind of thing. So I, I do think that's really interesting. I just, 
the guy that does the audiobook for him is so fucking pretentious. It is like outrageous. And it's so perfect for his character, but it makes me want to punch a baby. That would make me infuriated. He is like such a little bitch. And I'm just like, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> but I, oh. I did do the audiobook for this one. It was horrific. My my favorite is is Lyria because there's a line in here that and she has like a very thick accent in this one for the audiobook. And I just find it hilarious. And she says a really funny line to Pax. And it's just like so much better done with someone who has like a very thick Irish accent. And I yeah. I think her storyline is really cool. And it's so sad. It's so sad. Yeah, she annoys the hell out of me. You don't like her? And like no, to no fault of her own. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I think the Never. first time I read her character, I was like, well, she's kind of interesting. And I think, Tiffany, you had sort of warned me about her because you were like, oh, she hates Mustang. And I was like, how could she ever hate Mustang? Like, what's wrong with her? And you were like, you know, she's gone through some like turmoil and you, you get to kind of figure that out. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I think going into it, I was like, I get the idea of her character, but this time around, I just appreciated it. I feel like so much more. And it was so, it was so sad. Like the first chapter you meet with her, it's like, she was never a low red. So, I mean, she was a, like a low red, but she was always gamma. So she didn't really know what it was like to be Darrow. And I think the, like, you know, the first time you read it or you think about her, she's kind of spoiled because you're like, you never really just suffer like everybody else. So of course you're upset that you're like above the surface and you're not getting all the things that you got, you know, when you lived in the mines. So I kind of see that point of view, but like when the red hand comes like that and her, just her point of view and like how chaotic that is, is so sad, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's devastating. Yeah. I like, I like teared up when I was reading it this time. Cause they don't deserve yeah. that. It's no. awful. Oh, it's horrible. And the descriptions are just like atrocious in this one. And like, she just, goes through so much and then she saves goddamn Cavix again but then she goes and saves Cavix <laughs> and you know it's like I really like her character because she says to him he's like if there's anything I could do and she's like okay we'll do it and he's like oh I can't do that and then she's like well fuck you then and then a jelly bean appears and he can't help her you know and I think that part is sort of like whimsical and fun and you know you get the side of Cavix where he's like sometimes you have to let people think you're crazy and that's like mm-hmm what we talked about a little bit last time where it's like, I think he's been dropped in his head a few too many times, but in reality, he's very aware that people think he's a little nuts. You know what I mean? He's faking it. Yeah. We love that. It's like the grandma. Yes. She does that. That's right. But yeah, I really like Leary's character. I think the beginning's interesting and like, it's so sad, you know? And it's like, if there was ever going to be a perfect example of what democracy has done and this like breaking of society, it would be, someone who is at the very bottom that Dara was Mm -hmm. supposed to protect. And like, she says a line in there where it's like the sovereign brought us out of the dirt and forgot us in the mud. And it's like, we're like 12 pages in like, yeah. Big wolf. Yeah. I mean, this is the point where Darrow hasn't quite yet had to deal with the consequences of his actions. He thinks that he's this great hero and he's doing all of these amazing things for his people when really he's just pulling their lives into a totally different environment. That's just as bad. Instead, they just don't know where they are, or what's happening, and, and they're being targeted. Right. And Harmony, like, I think this one gets really chaotic, and we haven't seen a, a lot of it come yet. But I, I don't love that there's, you know, this is the society, this, what is it called, the syndicate, and the Red Hand, and the Ash Lord, and the Rim. Like it, it, it's just got to be like enough at some point. He leaves Apollonius and just is like, we need them more. Bye. And then you're like, okay, well, add him to the list. Bold choice, buddy. Why why you do that? 
like I understand we need them more, but maybe give him like two. Like give him like a taster, like, like one or like two. Seven no, they had like ten people. Yeah. He needs you them more, Grace. One from each family that he needed. <sighs> That's actually so true. I did not think about that at the end. It, it's just he it, really it, deactivates his bomb and goes, sorry, and leaves. I, he also didn't have to do that. Like he definitely should have just let him his ass blow up. I one. I How could you agree. say that? Oh, I know. I do love him, but like in he's, he's their, amazing. I know. I don't want him to blow up, but I'm saying in his best interest. Of course, he's not going to kill somebody that's really going to wreak havoc on his life. Yeah. With the other person that he left alive to wreak havoc on his life. Look what happened. Look what happened, Darrow. It's like you gotta just. Together. He was he's king playing. of just like fucking around. he's like king of fuck around and find out <laughs> Darrow is or yeah yeah get a lot of him just killing people though I noticed that like halfway through he's just like I mean not halfway through because I guess Wolfgar is in the beginning but <laughs> like yeah he just like starts really fucking shit up there's no like I'll remember this person and blah blah, blah and this person and this person gave their life blah 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 like all of his internal monologue of like regret and like of pe- people dying is not really a thing anymore about now yeah, cry me a fucking river darrow <laughs> can, can, there there's people that are dying uh, yeah that's actually so fair and darrow's kind of an idiot and like i don't know i just the beginning of this is is like really wild to me I will skip over Ephraim and kind of go to that part where you're talking about, you know, him not reaping the consequences or what have you. But like, I think it's so crazy that he comes back and is like, just thinks he's going to be greeted with open arms after he literally sacrificed like 10,000 people to an iron rain. More than that. Yeah. Yeah. Like a or something. And he's like, oh, well, Mercury's free. And everybody's like, is it free though? Cause now we have to feed all these people and like provide for them and do all these things and then clean up the mess. And he's like, but there weren't that many civilian casualties. And it's like, shut the fuck up and go to your room and stop talking. Like, I just can't. He is, yeah. I kind of agree with them when they're at this point where they're talking about like he's a, an, like, what is he, an object of war or whatever? And they need peace. The pen is mightier than the sword or whatever that fucking line is. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? But I also, yeah, don't agree with Dancer bringing in what's your face. Oh my God, Cassie's his mom. L O L. That part is savage. <laughs> also, there was a part, I think it was in our Golden Sun, and I was like, L O L. Like, I would also be Julia Bologna, just in like all emo. And then I'm like, <laughs> I think it was the, I don't remember. I think it was when we were reading this, and I was like, God, I hate her so much. <laughs> she just comes in and is like infuriating. And then I listened to that. And I was like, wow, Grace, really eating words. I find that part to be like, I, I just think it was so funny that they come in here and then she, like, I don't know. I I love the way it was set up and that Mustang has no idea. And that Dancer is so like smug about the whole thing. And it's like, of all people, he brings in like fucking Cassius's mom. And oh, she's like, well, FYI, they tried to reach out. And then, you know, Daryl's like, well, you know, that he was never going to sue for peace. And then I don't know. I just thought that part was really well done. I think it's really funny. But at the same time, I feel like Daryl made a huge mistake and not even just like go like walking into that trap and proving the Senate wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he would have been very good at handling that situation. Kind of like he did with Quicksilver and Morningstar when they just like go in guns blazing. I think that would have been a better way for them to like handle that. So he could prove like this was a trap. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I also just think no one's right. Dancer's not right. Jared's yeah. not right. Like, no one has found a good, like, solution to this fucking problem. It's not all-out war, and it's not trying to bring peace with these crazy people. That's very fair as well. Yeah, actually, that's also, so true. Especially somebody who is literally not even leading their army. Yeah, and, like, that's the part, too, that, I don't know. I, I mean, I know it's all, obviously, Cassie's mom, I forgot her fucking name, is, like, trying to make her way into power yeah. and, like, do all those sorts of things. And it's just wild to me, like, how that whole thing is set up. And, like, I know that there's a lot of hate in this about the Vox Populi. But it's like, that was actually exactly what Darrow and Mustang like tried to set up. And I think it's really interesting, the dynamic between her and like Darrow and Mustang and like Victra and, and Cass, Cavix, I forgot his name for a minute there, Cavix and how they're like, you gave away all your power and all this stuff, sort of stuff. And she's like, yeah, that's the point. Like we're supposed to trust the process. And it's like in a perfect world, in a perfect world, in a perfect world. But like, they have nothing to say if it's not a perfect world. And I find that to be like very interesting and like, I don't know. I just think it's so weird how Mustang kind of like betrays Darrow and is like, I'm here to put you in jail. And you're like, but this is kind of your fault too, you know? Yeah. Like I said, no one's right in this. Yeah, that's actually so fair. I didn't even think about that. Like, it's just, like I said, a shit storm. Yeah. I thought the first time around and coming back into this reread that when Mustang was like, if you won't listen to your wife, you will listen to your sovereign. I thought that this was like a a plan that they already had together and that she was just she was just messing around yeah wrong <laughs> wrong fish there was no plan she was not messing around we're just, we're just playing games <laughs> she'll call him later she's in a silly goofy mood oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's actually so fair and i think that's really funny also okay i know wolfgar is like important or what have you and i get i i like the references to ragnar but like my god there was just too many people that were like related to the man or envisioned of the man or of like of likeness to him or something and i was like we need to stop referencing ragnar as like the only obsidian because i'm so confused as to who wolfgar is yeah who is he he's a quick character to come and get a little backstory and then to die right I didn't like miss that. I didn't, I did not, I didn't black that out. Just checking. <laughs> no. Okay. No. And that part is really sad. And like, you know, it's several, it's, I don't know. I feel like we're jumping really far ahead. No, what? this isn't meeting. Okay. So yeah, I feel like that part is really interesting too, because first of all, I fucking, I, Pax and Lysander are the same to me. Like they both are like pretentious stuck up little bitches. And Lysander, like when Pax is 10, which she's actually not, but when Pax is a kid and Lysander's a kid, they are the same character to me. Like, I don't think Pierce wrote them very differently. So I think that kind of bothered me and it's always bothered me. Like, I don't enjoy Pax's character and I think he's really snotty and he does not, I get you having like daddy issues and stuff, but I don't think he gives Darrow enough grace for like all that he's done and all that he's like gone through and it sucks. And I just don't like him. I don't know how everyone else feels. No, I feel the same way. Because Electra and like all the rest of the children whom Severo birthed that I don't remember, all like Severo and Darrow are gone the same amount of time. And yet his children love him and like care about him. And I know that Darrow's like kind of prickly and all that kind of stuff, but it's like, I don't know. I just feel so bad for him. And like, I get the point of writing those two parallels, but it's like, why is Pac such a dick? Yeah. I also feel like Severo was definitely saying that he wanted to have children and then Darrow definitely was not on that boat. And then Mustang came out and was like, here's your child. Like he had to become a dad real quick, maybe not wanting to be, you know, like that was definitely not on his mind from what we can tell, you know. On Darrow's mind? Severo was like, 
yeah, I feel like Severo was like ready to be not ready, but was more he liked the idea of being a dad, whereas like Darrow was yeah. like, My dad sacrificed himself for this cause and blah blah and now I'm doing the same thing. And yeah. then she was like, Here's your child. I don't know. I want a paternity test. I feel like that's a big difference. True. But he says and it. He was like, all I've ever wanted to be is a father. And now here I am being the Reaper. And he like says it at the yeah, end. He wasn't ready to be a dad. What? What? That's true. I second the paternity test. <laughs> and here's why. <laughs> I haven't shut up about this for like, I don't know, a couple of weeks now. But I noticed reading through Iron Gold that Pierce made a huge mistake. But it is physically impossible for Pax to be only 10 years old if Iron Gold is set 10 years in the future when he was one and Morningstar. It's not possible. Do they, does he say that he's one and Morningstar? He no, says that he he's one-ish. To. Yeah, well, because Darrow was in, uh, he was being tortured for three months and then was in the box for nine months. So that's a whole year where he was not with Mustang. So Mustang would have had to have been pregnant and had him at least before Darrow was tortured because he had no idea. He didn't meet his son until after. Yeah. I don't know. There has to be something that makes sense, but yeah, it could yeah. be that whole could not be. I looked it up and he was, yeah, it says when you look up his like wiki thing, it says he was one in Morningstar and that he should be 11 in Iron Gold. But what, yeah, I wish it said what year in Morningstar. He was born in seven, 742 PCE. And then Iron Gold takes place in 753 PCE. Mm-hmm. So he should be 11. Also yeah. like 11 minimum because they say he's a year-ish when he meets him. So like, who's mm-hmm. to say that she didn't have him like right after they broke, you know what I mean? Like two months after they broke up or whatever. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? I think- I think she knew she was pregnant. This is my theory, but I think she knew she was pregnant in Morningstar. And that's why she got so upset when Darrow showed her who he really is. Mm-hmm. And she basically ran off. I think that was a big moment for her. I think that's when she realized she was pregnant. I yeah. just said that. but Because she says that line in there where it's like, or he says it or something like that, where he was like, I was never enough for EO, but I could have been everything for Mustang. And I like let her go. And it's like, okay you're stupid and like why did you let her you know what I mean so yeah I agree I think that breakup was she was like pregnant when she was like hanging out with Cassius did they actually sleep together just like asking for a friend is this they do they do see yeah see I'm getting confused when did they break up that's a good question (laughs) like I'm trying to think about it so they like broke up at the beginning of golden sun or whatever and then they come back to they sleep together at the very end of golden sun right I think so and then she runs off because he's like, I'm a red. And then. And they don't see each other again. Right. Until when? I don't know. Until they, they get in the fight in quick stuff. See, see there's, there's too much going on in these books. Oh, yeah. They get in the fight. And then the like victory thing, his, his triumph or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's not there because she's still upset with him. And he gets captured and they don't see each other again for another year. You're right. I think she knew in Golden Sun. Yeah. Because he's like a toddler. Right. After they sleep together and then she breaks up with him when she finds out he's a red. You think she was pregnant then? I think she was pregnant then. But she might not have known it or she just found out. How'd she hide it? That's what I want to know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're all like very invested in this while not thinking about it at all. I still want a paternity test because it all sounds super (laughs) sus and they're all very close together. And as far as the timeline goes. 
we're all doing really bad. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Pax is the wrong age because also like when we do meet him at the end of Morningstar, she's like, here's your son. His name is Pax. He's a year ish. So it's like, who's to say that he's not like 18 months. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I, we would need, we need to dive deeper into this timeline. Yeah. Because I, I think he's in January year. of 17 of 742 and it's December of 743. That's what I was thinking. Like, I think he's older. I always thought he was like in the 12, 13 range, but that, yeah, you're right. He does say 10, like multiple times. Yeah. Math ain't mathing. Like, yeah, I'm the math ain't mathing. You are correct. And that bothers me too, because I feel like Electra and him both act very much older than they are, than they're like 10 years of age. Like Pierce actually does not know how to write children. I'll say it right now. I think he does an okay job with Lysander and golden sun ish, but like, I really don't feel like he knows as we get into this further and we'll bitch about that in just a moment about Lysander and all those sorts of things. Like, I don't think you understand conceptually what it was like to be a child. Okay, sir. Should we talk about Ephraim? Maybe, maybe Pierce was just a pretentious child. That's actually hundred percent true. He was, I could attest to that. In fact, <laughs> I go. have a feeling, I don't know. Pierce is never going to listen to this. And if you are listening, listen, I've been trying to get a hold of you for many moons and I'm sorry <laughs> that I'm going to say it, but I'm saying it out loud. I'm pretty sure he's actually Lysander as a human. I said it and Yikes. I don't regret it. <laughs> I don't regret I don't it. think he like I don't think he dislikes Lysander, so exactly. That's why I think he's a lot of himself in it. And he's the one who's saying that he wishes he would get a redemption arc and that people like all the people that supposedly want the best for him. That's just Pierce. Pierce is just in everybody's DMs. He's just he's... answering everybody's questions under his anonymous. Please stop file. hating Lysander. He's the one that answered L-O-L. that. Fucking... <laughs> he's the one that answered that poll. I hope he gets his memories back of his mother. That was Pierce. That was Pierce who did that. So there's not a soul on this planet that read that book and went, you know what? I hope he gets his mom's memories back. Fuck him. Fuck him and fuck his mom. <laughs> fuck him. That's right. Okay, let's talk about Ephraim for a quick minute. The beginning of this is really fun, but I think his POV is kind of confusing. I will say when they do their big heist at the very beginning, I don't know if everyone saw this, but the sword that he steals, the razor that he steals or whatever, in the very beginning is called Lightbringer. And it was owned by the original Aulunes that took over Earth, the Conquerors. Mm, I have goosebumps again. You told me that, and I had goosebumps last time. I have goosebumps again. That is the epitome of foreshadowing. I'm scared. It makes me want to barf. It makes me want to throw up and die, literally. My only hope is that... Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I thought that part was kind of interesting. And I think Ephraim's POV is kind of fun. When you guys first read it, did you realize it was Trig before he said it? Or did you, was that like a total like blindsided that that was his fiance? The Um, first time I did not realize. Yeah. I feel like the connection with like him and Holiday and everything like that, I really liked the way it led up, but I was really confused the first time I read through and I was like, who is Ephraim and like, why does he matter? Like I kind of get Lyria because she's a red and it's like, we were talking about her being from Gamma and all that kind of stuff. And obviously she's like a red from Lycos. But Ephraim's I was really confused about, and I like the way that they kind of bring him in together. Yeah. He's so sad in the beginning. And then towards the end, I was like, there's his like funny thing. Like, I was like, where are my funny Ephraim moments? Like, he says some really funny shit and they started popping up when he was getting the kids. And I was like, ah, there it is. He's so funny. I was like trying to figure out why I was like why is he so funny why do I think that and then I was like oh yeah because he is he's just like real fucked up in the beginning of this book he's just depressed yeah. we love him until he yeah. has depression yeah yeah and I understand it's very valid it is valid Especially, like sad 
when Holiday's talking to Lyria about him. And I'm like, yeah. I feel really bad too because he went through some shit because of Trig and after Trig and before him and all those things. And it's like, he really did the most. And then now he, he kind of comes off as this like very posh, like thief at, at the beginning. And then you kind of find out that he was like a legionnaire and he was just like holiday and like part of the whole rising and all that kind of stuff. And I, I find his character to be really cool and like very well-rounded. I feel like. Yeah, I agree. I will say I hate the way he treats Volga and I'm glad he figures out towards the end that she's his friend. She deserves the world. She's such an angel. Yeah. She just wants I'm to have, so she just wants to have like an animal sanctuary on earth. Like she's literally not done anything wrong in her life besides all of the crimes that she committed. <laughs> the, like Wait, that video, what murder? <laughs> what murder? And she saves all of the money so that she can open a zoo for like <sighs> fucked up Nikki creatures. <laughs> Makes me sick. Yeah. And like when they kidnap her, they literally found her at the zoo. I was like, Grace, I'd love for you to tell everybody what you found out about the middle names, because despite what everyone says, I don't think it's common knowledge. So I'd love for you to share with the group the discovery that you made that I will personally protest to saying that I would have never in my entire life, if you held a gun to my head, figured this out. Go ahead. Yeah, I had no idea that the, I wouldn't even call them middle names. They're more of like, like almost like a, you know, how doctors go by doctor, like, like a the connection. beginning of their name. Yeah. yeah. And they're all connected to like a periodic table symbol so for gold. It's gold, silver, silver, copper, that whole, that whole gambit. And I think it's only for, there's not every color because I love. No. I think it's, it goes, it's like light. I don't know, brown, but silver, copper, gold, obviously. So like, I think that's kind of, I don't know. I, I always thought of it with the owl, like the AU. That it was just a Greek thing. I was like Caesar Augustus. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just like no. the thing that the Romans do. I that's thought it meant like of, like of House Augustus. You right, know? right. That's how I always Wrong. took it. Like I, we're just stupid. I just never. Are we? Like put it together. Don't, don't. I, I knew it was something, but. I I really thought it was of. I thought it was his way of just being like yeah, Cassius of Bologna. Well, they're all different for the different colors and that's when I started kind of I, I knew about that but like I didn't really put it together until I accidentally clicked on it on my kindle and I was like wait a second and I started scrolling I clicked on it on my kindle and it brought up all of the, the yeah. descriptions yeah and so I started scrolling and I was looking for science at the very bottom and then it was like elemental symbol of gold and I was like <laughs> and I like almost fainted you national treasured that like <laughs> Yeah, it was good. I fell into a deep dive. So despite what everybody thinks, I didn't, like, I don't believe you. (laughs) I don't believe that this is just common knowledge in the fandom. And if it is, our bad. Um, I would also just like to say in my defense, like I told you guys, my sister-in-law is a chemistry major and she's read the first two books. My brother-in-law has read all of them. So they didn't say anything. So I also don't think it's common knowledge. Just based on like, somebody who in everyday life talks about the periodic table so I haven't looked at it since the seventh grade so I actually I don't even know what's on the periodic table that reddit thread (laughs) is deleted I don't know about it you don't know about it Tiffany doesn't know about it nobody knows yeah anyways so I just wanted to get that out there just to clear the air I would like to say I think okay so this is my question for you guys as we got through the first like few let's say like three or four POVs of Lysander before he acts like a fucking moron 
Did you guys not like him from the beginning? Where did your kind of like hate for Lysander come in? Mine fully came in when, when he started turning on Cassius, when they finally got into the rim, because you hear constantly in his head, you see him start to turn against him. And then like every single chapter, at least once he says, Cassius was right. Cassius was right. Cassius was right. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah, I, I think I hated him from the very beginning when they get on the spaceship and he's like, I should save all these other people. That would be really easy to save, but I'm going to save a gold instead because purity of race. And then he goes, Cassius was right. Those people are going to haunt me for the rest of my life. And I was like, I, I can't hate you more. There's no part of me that hates you more. Cassius is like, shut your fucking mouth. And he's like, no, I'm going to say it anyway. And then they literally like hang him in the elements. I would just like to say, yeah, my hatred comes from Cassius. We all know my undying love for that man. But I also just hate that. First of all, he's always like, "Uh, he always just wants me to be Julian, blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, his bad. Like, yeah, work on himself. Yes. Does he know three people in his everyday life? No, two people in his everyday life. Yes. Also, yes. Like, come on. Cut him some slack. But he also is like, Cassius has to go first because he always makes me go behind him. And I'm like, because you're a little child and you don't know how to fight. Period. He meets one gold girl in his entire life. Let's her steal his fucking razor and just disappears. And he's like, oh shit, Cassius was right. He literally is like, boobs, my bad. Every thought that's ever been in my brain just fucking left. All of them. Book smart versus street smart. Like, well, and like, I don't know. My, I think my other big problem with him is that he's like pretentious from the get-go. And he talks about all these things that like, you know, I, I get that kind of the world building, but he talks about all these things about Cassius. Like, oh, he has a drinking problem. And like, you know, he just it feels so guilty about everything. He wants me to be Julian. And it's like, first of all, we love a mentally ill boy. Second of all, you don't remember shit. Like, like Sander acts like he remembers the day he was fucking birthed. Dude, he literally has a quote that I highlighted and it was like, my grandma says I remember everything. And I was like, good for you, bro. Shut the fuck up. My grandma says I remember everything. How can I forget this? Because you are more. You fucking moron. Fucking hate him. Yeah, I just don't, I don't like his attitude about everything. And like, he doesn't understand society. And I get that you were young. And like, okay, let's think back to when you were 10. Where was everybody at in life when you were 10? You guys remember? I don't even know what grade I was in when I was 10. Like, I don't remember anything. I think I was in like grade I I was in fifth or sixth grade and like the only thing I remember is like that I was in school but like there there are like three core memories total of that time in my life I'm not and that's like 10 I can't tell you anything before that I I can't tell you a fucking thing so do not tell me that you forgot how to play piano and now you're like sad about it because you think that you used to be a fucking pianist and that's something just blocked in your little brain I hate, I hate him. Yeah. And it gets worse with his whole weird mind thing. And like, I just don't understand it. I get where you're coming from. Like, obviously Cassius is like a weird version of what, of like this perverted society and all these sorts of things. And like, he stands for the opposite, not the opposite, but he stands for something that you don't want. Cool. But like, as we age, we start to be influenced by the people that are around us. And we are able to like make decisions based upon that and saying, Hey, maybe my grandma wasn't hundred percent right. Maybe we shouldn't like beat our slaves and and like decide what everyone wants to do because even with the way that they're set up like they're still in a very structured society you know like they still call him like dominus and all that stuff but he has respect for people and like other colors and it's like maybe you could see where cassius is coming from yeah i just hope and i know it's not 
the case that Lysander's sort of beginnings of hating Cassius come from just being secluded with a few people for that long. Yeah. And I feel like he should have realized that when Cassius dies. He doesn't. And he's an absolute fucktard about it. And I've never wanted to kick somebody in the temple harder. Because he's like, well, I'm sad. I'm like, I think I should be more sad, but I'm not. He I don't raised know. you just as long as your grandma did. What the fuck you mean? He raised you longer than your grandma did because it, your parents were alive for part of your life. Yep. Get fucked, little bitch. Oh. Mm. <laughs> like, I have, like, undying rage for the man. I, I have no words for how much. I, I think I hated him. I think it's worse after Cassius died. I feel like the first time I was kind of annoyed with him, and I really, I think a part where Cassius and him are sort of talking, and he goes to the battle, and they talk about how their friendship is, like, and their brotherhood is broken in, like, a second or whatever. I think that's where the first time I read through, I really disliked him. And I know, because I've read Dark Age, that I hate him more. But, mm-hmm. like, in this time, I think from, like, this first second, he was just a fucking moron. He's just naive. He doesn't understand the world and he thinks he knows everything because he studied so much when he was 10. You know nothing. You've not interacted with a single other person besides Cassius and your pilot over here for 10 years. And he's so highborn. I'm like, how are you still that way? Like, you know what I mean? You move away from places. I don't know. It's kind of like when you lose your accent, when you move, like, don't act like you're still this like posh little fuck. Yeah. I hate him so much. I'm getting too excited. Okay. Let's move on. I would, I made a note that, oh, that we meet Alexander. Let's talk a little bit about that. There's a huge burst of characters at the very beginning here that become kind of quintessential for the rest of this book. And that is Ronan, Rona. Rona, is that how you say your name? Rona. Yeah. Rona, Alexander, Wolfgar, obviously, very quickly, RIP, we already talked about him, kind of. And then, yeah, a bunch of the new Howlers. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, like, you know, I think the info dumping there was a little much, but it was okay. I really like the idea of Rona and Alexander and the way that they're kind of set up. And I made a note in here that said, Tassius and Daryl are living the same lives. They're raising different, they're raising the opposite of each other. Like, Alexander is like Cassius. And Daryl's mm-hmm. raising him, and Lysander was- is like Daryl, and Cassius is raising him. Like Lysander oh God, and Daryl are the same. Cassius that. and Alexander are the same, and they're mm-hmm. they're both like living. I know we've talked about Lysander and Daryl being like different sides of the coin, but he they're really living like parallel lives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, excuse me, I'm gonna go throw this book off of my balcony. <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> Because he's like, I'm an Alun and I want to be cool and I'm like there for the society. But at the same time, like I, you know, he's like upholding the standards of the gold. He's trying so hard to like make everybody happy. Like he's trying to uphold his name at the same time. Like Alexander's the best. Alexander is I the love best. Him. And he is very much like Cassius in my undying love for both of them. 100%. I love when he like has a smudge on his armor and he like pulls a silk handkerchief out yeah. and like starts cleaning it off. I'm like, you're such an asshole. I love you. You're yeah. so annoying. <laughs> and then when he throws up, he's like, don't tell anybody. I don't want these people. I don't want people to know that I'm a yeah. bitch. Yeah. The first person they tell is Rona. Several's like, and you'll yeah. never believe as soon as they get back. I love um, it. It's so perfect. And I think he's just so good. I love his character. I like that we introduced him. I didn't realize, I guess this time around, I realized it, but I didn't realize that he is Lysander's cousin because again, I need a fucking family tree. Like I realize who he's related to, but they're like cousins very closely related. And I think that's a really interesting dynamic between Lysander's cousins with everyone. There's like yeah, some like, incest happening somewhere. Oh, I'm positive. It feels like a shadow hunter. Yeah, 
<laughs> Warren has like a bajillion children, so yeah, I think their their dad, their dad's related. I, I think so. I, I don't know about Alexander's parents. Also, I highlighted one of like this little interaction with all of them, and it was like, <laughs> Clown asks him how he can even breathe with your nose so far up Reaper's ass. Severo says you could literally never hold your breath that long. <laughs> I so love it's that so line. Funny. I think it's so funny. I I just think that their dynamic's really cool. And I realize that a lot more in this read through that like Alexander and Cassius are exactly the same, and Daryl and Lysander are very similar and in, in like mm-hmm. the way that they present themselves and act Reaper's about shit. Also a really funny quote right after that. They're all talking about Ragnar after that. And somebody says, what's the quickest way to a peerless scarred's heart? <laughs> they say, it's Ragnar's fist. And I think that's really funny. That's terrible. And I love it. Oh, it's just so fucking gross. But it's, I love it. Victra also has a lot of really good lines in this one. I didn't write any down in particular, okay. but she's so fucking funny in this one. I just love her so much. They're, they're like, I didn't even like, know they made maternity armor. And they're like, they do now. <laughs> Oh, or like, yeah. And they like, they catch Lyria and they shove her in all of this protective gear. And they're like, you'll understand in a minute. Yeah, just run. And she's like, oh God, I'm gonna die. This is like a bit of a spoiler, but I, well, I won't even say it's a spoiler. I think Sefi's character in this one is really interesting as well. And I kind of like that we don't get her kind of throughout the rest of it. But I do love this sort of like inkling of a divide between the Obsidians. And then you you see a lot of them, you know, making their own independent choices. But I think mm-hmm. she's a very weird character in this one. Yeah. I disagree. Yeah, well, you, you get her for literally like two seconds. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we're done. We're not doing this shit anymore. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. oh, fuck. I'll blame her. I did too. I would yeah, me well. either. Are you kidding? They've been slaves for their entire lives. Like they don't, they don't have to fight it anymore. They shouldn't. Yeah. And then they literally are like dying for this cause because they're the only ones strong enough to fight. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm done. I, I really like her character. I think she's really wild at the beginning. It's the first divide. Yeah. I think he says it towards the very end where he, t- first of all, this is like way far ahead, but I had this thought and I was like, shut your absolute mouth, Daryl, where he goes, Orion is the only one that I've trusted the whole time. I trust her the most. He literally says that line. I trust her the most. She's the only one that's never like strayed from the path. And I was like, um, what about like everybody else that's been in your life? But there are a lot of cracks that kind of come through. And they started the beginning with, you know, Sefi and then, you know, Victra asking him to keep Severo home and then his wife arresting him. So Daryl's really going through some shit in this one, but I don't know if Orion would be the one that <laughs> I would pick as my most trusted ally. I, I don't know. I just feel like that was a really weird line for him to have. Mm-hmm. But no, I think that's really weird. I don't know. I just thought that line was really weird. And it's like, you know, Dara's going through a lot, but I definitely wouldn't have been like, Orion is my most trusted ally. Like, what about Severo? What about Ragnar? What about all these other people who've been in your life? But they did go through a lot. And I, I just thought that was kind of interesting. I actually forgot when this happened that the Duke of Hands existed. Yeah. I forgot that entire storyline. Wild. Just forgot. Wait. I just asked, we all know who the queen is, right? We know who the queen is, but we don't know at this point, right? But we don't find out until Dark Age. Okay. Did you guys remember him? I remembered him because I remembered that he was the one that Ephraim takes the kids to. Hmm. I forgot I remember that. Ass aunt. Oof. Oof. What hand is that? Whose is it? I don't know. I don't it's know it's the, what's his name? Like Gorgo or something? Yeah, but who the fuck was that guy? I, who knows? Who knows? Good talk. Perfect. 
I was like, cool, cool, cool. Gorgo, Gorgon, Gorgon. I don't know who that is. That could not be his name. And we just made that shit up. Gorgo is his name. No, it's something like that. Yeah, I forgot about that whole part. And then he gets them all to do the heist or whatever. And they're talking about how they could run away. And Bulga's like, I saved all my money. And they're like, all of it? And she's like, well, I like to drink beer and I eat more than all of you. And I go to the zoo on discount days. And I was like, she must be protection. I literally love her so much. I could cry. Yeah, she is probably the best part of this book without being the best part because she's just mm-hmm. so like wholesome. She's she the best her. character. Yeah. yeah she real. must be protected like, at all costs. So unproblematic. Love you, Volga. Hope love you're you. happy. Love you, girl. I saw fan art of her and I was like, that's not what she looks like. <laughs> she is definitely not thriving. In my say. head, this is not her. <laughs> in my head, she's like size great old biggin. Hope your future is bright in Lightbringer. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm like begging. <laughs> I love her so much. Like, I really want the best for her. I hope she opens her zoo on Earth and like does all the things that I just love her so much. And then I think we switch back to we talk about that whole thing. I think the heist is interesting. Did you guys kind of have an inkling of what it was going to be at any point in time, or were you just like, this sounds interesting? I no, could I'm not, not guess at first. Okay. I really like the part where they end up in the rim. Lysander, I think that's when we like sort of switch is Lysander and Cassis are like going through this whole motion of like pretending to be somebody else. And it's very Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows mm-hmm. where he's like, my name is Dudley Dursley. And like, <laughs> like a totally fucking person. My honor remains. <laughs> my uh. name is John. What is his fucking name in that one? It's like um Vernon Dudley and like uh, what is his name? What does he say his name is? I don't Caster? know. And then they call him no, Caster's Caster's like, that's my Sander. It's which they both start with C's. It's Parnassus, right? Done. Or something like that. What do they call themselves? Uh, Can I ask you a question? Well, Who's Janice Janice? Is it the last name? Oh, Regulus. Regulus. There we go. Roll close to Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter or Jason. Like Pierce, we know you. We know what you like. Yeah, I oh, think Regulus that's- and Romulus. That's why I was like, Pierce, bye. Yeah, <laughs> stop doing this shit. Like they're not together very, you know, because Romulus gets taken out, you know, away and in prison for a little bit. But like, like no big deal. They're talking about Romulus a lot, and then they're like, "What do you think, Regulus?" And I'm like, "Who? What? Hey, I watched." Hey. This is like a side note. That's a stupid name. I get what it is. I I understand it, but it's dumb. And I was watching Princess Diaries the other day and her neighbor's name is literally Mr. Robitussin. And that's all I could think about when I was reading this. And they said Regulus because I was like, Mr. Robitussin. (laughs) Like, what is your name? I'm Pepto-Bismol Aloon. Like, please (laughs) shut up. My name is acetaminophen. Ow, Julia. Like, shut the fuck up. I just can't. When's the last oh, time you looked at the periodic table? It's obviously Z. Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. Anyways, I just thought that was weird. Were you guys confused? This is, I think, the part where I, I got kind of lost, where I was like, what is happening? And I feel like I really had to concentrate on this setup here with like, I was like, who's Romulus? I like forgot. I didn't know he had a wife. I didn't know he lost a fucking arm. I didn't know he lost a son. I forgot about losing his razor. Like this man just needs to like get a bike lock for his life because <laughs> he's he has literally one lost everything. What? He has one eyeball. Yeah. He's one eye, one arm, like no razor, a wife, 
several children. Apparently, a couple of them are dead. I literally was like, and the- his father. Did you say his father? Is his father? Is that the Don't one? Don't forget oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys had said this, but I was I very confused. It. They die at the end of Golden Sun, and he did bring that up in Morning Star. But I didn't realize there was like a battle that he did with Darrow, and I thought that that info dumping was a little bit weird because it's not explained explained until the very very end where they're like this is the guy whose honor remains because he fought Darrow and lost an arm and did this and let me explain the whole battle at like page 625 so I think this part was really confusing and then they like introduced Pandora and I was like is she a box (laughs) I'm so confused who okay real talk who is Pandora who is that? She's that crazy fucking lady. She's the one that like tortures them right when they get off the ship, and she belongs yeah. to the oh, wife. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Dogs. <laughs> and Lysander's like, oh fuck, this lady's like infamous. She's like the Aja of the Rim, essentially. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and she's older. I remember now. Right, and then you're like, who? I'm sorry, who are you? Whom are you? And like, we've never met her before. And then Lysander's like, oh, it's it's Pandora. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's a radio station, but. Okay. Call me Mariah Carey. Literally, like I don't know her. I don't know her. Pop off, girly. Do you? So I just thought that part was so fucking weird, and I like got really confused. So I think I sort of checked out. At the, the first time I read this through, I really checked out when all of that was happening. I was like, I don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there. We didn't ever figure it out if you weren't paying attention at the very beginning. But they like stage a coup, and like Serafina is like likes her mom, but not. And like Sanders, like she's still kind of hot, and that whole thing is so weird to me. I was like, what is happening? They, he has the whole conversation with Cassius too, where Cassius is like, are you a virgin? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Yeah, I don't care. Very it clearly. Yes. I don't bet. I yeah. That. And then he's like, they're listening. And like, Sanders like, you don't think I know that? I'm like, shut up. Shut up. You're so stupid. You're an insolent little bitch. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> I, I like cannot stand him. Anyways, that part just throws me off. We just don't know a lot about the rim and its folks, you know? I really like the rim. Like they remind me of this. This is the scenario I'm going to give you guys. The rim reminds me of the rest of England and the core golds remind me of London where they like back in the day, Regency time where they thought they were so posh and so cool. And they know all the things and they set the trends and the, the tone of the accent and all that kind of shit. And then you have all the rim golds who are like everybody else out there. Who's like, we've been living life literally on a, an ice planet Mm-hmm. And you have to like wear armor to go outside and you guys are living in like little bubbles and your whole fucking planet's regulated and all this shit. So that's kind of what it reminded me of. And I was like trying to keep that straight, but I do actually appreciate that Lysander is like respectful of them and is like, oh, wow, maybe they are doing it right. Mm-hmm. But it's that only because everybody else is, you know, not able to like, what do you mean? I don't know. Like, because there's no other like golds that he's around that are keeping you know like this society yeah. basically like he's not around anybody else so yeah but he know. remembers everything so that's i just that's what i'm saying i'm calling him a little bitch because he says that he has so much respect also oh <laughs> this is like made me so angry when romulus is like doing his thing walking in the freezing cold there's blood everywhere just doing his just doing his thing the man is walking to his death yeah that's why i said there's blood is scary scary (laughs) anyway he dies spoiler alert and not where you would like him to btw (laughs) so close Um, yet so so far my friend this bitch had one conversation with the man and then he dies and then he goes you know i really wish to have honor like that man and then when Cassius dies, he's like, you know, fuck that guy. 
goes, you must have guys one. The other one raised you, and you're like, I'm kind of sad. Cassie's just dead. Like, fuck you, bro. Mm, That's actually dead. so true. I did not I, think about I, that. I like, highlighted it, and it was like something about wanting to have the honor that Romulus did. And I was like, excuse me? Also, okay, I'm going on like a very long tangent, but I have to find the highlights. So give me five seconds, please. As you should. I 100% agree. I uh, like, I have so much undying rage. I, my entire notes section here with anything that has to do with Lysander just says, fuck Lysander. I hate him so much. No notes. Just- I've been giving him a chance. I, I feel really bad about it, but I've been giving him a chance. I'm like trying to understand him this read through. And I didn't hate him as much in, in this, you know, go around as I did before. So do I still despise him? Yes, but not like I did before. Now I just think he's young and naive. He's just a fucking idiot. Yeah. Dumb. So, you know, at the end of Morningstar, he says like the love of whatever... Cassius, the honor of Cassius, that whole thing. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. This bitch says, I feel my father's calm, Asia's love, my grandmother's brilliance, Cassius's honor. And I'm like, so you and Darrow use Cassius for the same word of honor. That's really fucking weird to me. Yeah, he's That's like all. your father, and you're like, he's pretty oh. honorable, big fan. I'm so mad. That's all. That's all. I just think he's a stupid fucking idiot. Oh, and then he says that they need a protector and a shepherd. He says that on the same page of all these people. All the people that he forgot on the fucking spaceship. And I'm like, you're sounding like a fucking cult leader, my guy. Like, can we not with this bullshit? Thanks. My guy. Like, you might as well be their messiah if you're going to be a shepherd. Like, yeah. Well, he's always like... I'm not here to claim my throne, a prince without a throne, a prince without, I'm like, shut up. You are so pretentious. And like, he thinks he's worth so much. And he's like, well, if I just tell them who I am, they're not going to kill me. And I'm like, you want to bet? They literally just staged a coup against her own husband and father. And they sent him out into the little ice cold planet. And you think they're not going to kill your bitch ass? Because you were nice. And then he's like, Um, Cassius is right. Cassius is right. And I'm like, yeah. Right after that quote goes to an Ephraim. Uh, chapter and to quote him very this ties in he says well fuck that and fuck you so that's how i feel <laughs> that's right exactly how i feel yeah, it's so funny i love the part where victra i know we like skipped around a lot but i i have to point this out because it like made me cry i love the part where victra and darrow are talking and, she, and he's like about to get arrested or what have you and she literally says i love you so much you're like my best friend and we mm-hmm. talked about this in the last episode that they're soulmates and i just thought that part was so like heartwarming and then she asked him to ask Severo to stay home and it's like he's yeah. like sorry can't do that love you though gotta go kill wolfgar and leave and it makes that was it- technically Severo's fault though honestly it was it makes it even more sad about several leaving at the end of this book oh like nauseating the worst part was several saying i don't want to have to raise your kid mm-hmm. <laughs> i might actually cry that and was then, and then darrow goes okay well i'm not going back so you probably will like, so best oh, of luck <laughs> literally he literally Hope you wanted a son oh no oh, it's horrible and it's so sad and like then they go off and they literally get in a submarine and he's like his brother is like don't take rona don't do any of these things and then she fucking jumps in the sub and then yeah. he's like 
I feel gross in tight spaces. It makes me sick. And I do actually really like that Pierce like brings that trauma back up and he hasn't just like forgotten everything that he's fucked up on even 10 years later. But the sub part is just funny. Like Pebble's like, um, well, we're already in a coffin. Is that cool if we die? Like, are we okay if that happens? Ocean Gate in uh, 753 BC. Yeah, I think it's clown. I'm having flashbacks. Wanted to die. And he's like, I didn't want to get, you know, imploded with all the pressure i was reading it and i was like "Ooh, this is having... <laughs> really relevant i'm having some flashbacks of like a month ago like, is there an orca involved oh man i'm just kidding are you no can we talk about my boy i'm bad boy um for apple, before, apple. before we get to that i forgot tongueless existed I not me. <laughs> I remembered that he did not die in this book. <laughs> he died in this book. I he thought so too. He oh. makes it through, and the dog, and your little dog too. And the dog. <laughs> <laughs> fuck is this guy doing in here? And we never. Wait, where the fuck does the dog go? I think they leave it on. They leave it with Severo wherever they go. Oh, okay, okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Going to Luna then. Yeah, you have to, I'm like, I'm actually concerned, but I think he goes with Severo wherever Severo goes or like they leave him somewhere. Yeah, but we never find out or we at least don't in this one, we don't ever find out like why he was put in there, like what he did, why he's tongueless, why he's in there, the cell. And then we get to fucking Apollonius. And I was just like to say, why on God's green earth would they ever think that this was a good idea? Even Daryl doesn't think it's a good idea, but he's fucking desperate. He's like, surely. And I'm like... (laughs) They pull up and Avalonius is like, you guys, I'm not crazy anymore. He's like, you guys, <laughs> and then, please, and you then guys. proceeds to quote Paradise Lost for like the next three chapters. He's Naked. <laughs> iconic. I, and Severo like punts him in the temple to like knock him out. Good job. I love that part. <laughs> He's like, guys, I'm, I'm totally, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Naked playing a violin. Time, the violin. What? Every time someone brings up that like he's mad. He's like, I'm not mad. And you're like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not crazy. Fine, everybody's fine. Sad about somebody saying that. that it's giving, <laughs> it's giving the Joker. Yeah. yeah. It, that's what it's giving. Apollonius, you learn any breathing exercises while you were down there? Because you need to chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Need to, well, okay. I really, this part actually made me like right. sick to my stomach that when they find him, he's playing a fucking violin. And I'm like, yo, Tactus, my man. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. Or like Oof. when he's in that cage and he's fake playing the violin and Tungus oh, is yeah. sitting outside of yes. the cage. He's like, yeah, he's he's a great musician. Like, but this isn't real. Why are you here? Why are you here? One of my favorite thing is like parts is with them is he, they're like fighting. They're on Venus, right? Yeah. And he like <laughs> they're like done fighting and they're about to go into like Ashlor's little place and he's like comes up to Daryl with arms all extended like trying to give Daryl a hug and he's like what does he say a divine spectacle Daryl a more glorious band of devils there is none what a path you cut like fallen seraphs amongst mortal men like can you just knock that shit off for like five (laughs) seconds can you just not I like that he ends every sentence with my good man (laughs) yeah but he's like A divine spectacle, Darrow. And I love that Severo calls him Apple. Me too. (laughs) 
Anyways, that's a, I imagine Apollonius as like that guy, like that energy that he gives off, that like manic energy that Ethan Hawke is really good with. That's what I imagine, or, or like Heath Ledger oh. in the Joker, R.E.P. I thought you meant, IRL. I meant like physically and I was like no I just that like manic kind of vibe that they give off that plays the really good bad guy he rips out a chunk of his hair to like tie his other hair up that made me want to barf this entire <laughs> book made me want to barf crazy. there are like seven love- scenes where I actually almost threw up <laughs> yeah the first one being where Apollonius takes a piece of the Ash Lord's leg skin scale flake and rubs it together to make a powder. Second is when Daryl almost gets scalped. The third is when Lyria is like running through the trash, cuts her leg and has trash in her leg. (laughs) Wait, can we talk about the Ash Lord in really quick? That part? That was bad. I did not remember that. Bad boy Apple being the reason he's like that? I didn't remember that either. I didn't remember, I didn't remember any of that. No. Why is that the only thing I remember? That scene I just remember in my head him blowing up in flames. It's creature. from a, a creature. It's like poison from a creature. And I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And Severo's like, "Dread." Ugh. That part. Okay, that part is wild. I do remember that like very distinctively, and I remember that it was Apollonius and. Yeah, and Darrow being like, the fuck? But like, this is the point where you turn and look at him after he lights him on fire and go, Apollonius, shove him in there and kill him and be done. Or blow his brains out. Yeah, like, just be done with him. You do not need the Minotaur of Mars (laughs) just walking around in purple armor. Like, The man that you fear the most. Yeah. He fears Apollonius more than anyone else. There's a whole scene in this book where he talks about having nightmares about him coming into his family's home and even uh virginia says something about it where she's like she says it to theodora she's like oh and i know you helped him break out somebody who tried to kill my family and i was like mm-hmm. oh like yeah everybody's fucking scared of him because he's batshit psycho crazy yeah and i think that's why i like him so much is because everybody's terrified of him he is a wild character and like i think I think he has a really good part in this and he has really good lines. He's funny. And I think he's very defined. He reminds me of like Adrius too. Like the Jackal is a really good villain, but you're not like always ready to get, like, I'm not ready to get rid of Apollonius. I think they should have, but I'm not ready to, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm okay with him yeah. kind of sticking around, which is how I felt in golden sun about the Jackal. Like I hate his character. I don't think yeah. he should ever be redeemed, but I wasn't ready for him to like be done with the story. Uh-oh. You're seeing too a lot of Darrow's age in this book now because he would have never done something like this in yeah. say Morningstar 10 years ago. Like he would have never yeah. left a loose end like this. Even when he was at that final huge battle, he remembered or thought to destroy what's the dock at Ganymede or something? Ganymede, yeah. Yeah. He remembered to do that. He's fighting a war that he knows will come back in the future, but then he's constantly just leaving shit out in the open like he does with Apollonius. What are you doing? Yeah he's okay he's also just manic yeah Yeah. and he has a lot of lines where he's like i power up power ranger i have to turn to the reaper now i have to put away the dad and the soldier and like all that i have to be fucking insane and it's like don't play with us you're not a dad you've never been a dad you've never been a dad you're you're a deadbeat that's right and he says it and i'm like yeah he like admits it many times but he says that so many times he's like oh i have to put away the man and become the reaper and i'm like but before you just were the reaper just fyi and that's what why changed? Several, like hands it to him and is like laughing at him like you believe all these things that other people believe about you you think you're a myth and Daryl's like no I don't and mm-hmm. Sarah's like 
yeah, you do. What the fuck? Like, if anybody should know, it should be Severo. I right. feel like that's kind of where he was when we were talking about him trying to, like, take over in the beginning of Morningstar. Or wait, mm-hmm. what? Yeah. I feel like that's kind of where Severo was. And then he kind of snapped out of it. And now Darrow's kind of stuck in that little, like, just creating more havoc and not really making any progress. Yeah. And like not yeah. thinking about any of the consequences. But then he's like, I'm so old. I want this to be done. I need to do things. And then he doesn't do any of it. He just yeah. lets it go ape shit. Let's talk a little bit about Lyria and when she gets she goes into the city and meets Ephraim slash Philippe for the first time. Did you guys know? I think that that part of her going to the museum is kind of cool and like seeing all the the sort of like reminiscent stuff about the rising and the reds and all those things, and like that she kind of gets to see that her pain wasn't just her pain, you know what I mean? Because I think sometimes she is a little bit of a selfish character and like she talks about how she has to keep her grief down and she doesn't want people to know that she's sad and all that kind of stuff. But I did really like that it sort of showed that red as like a color was going through a lot and then she gets arrested. But did you guys know it was Ephraim when it was happening? Did you guys like realize it was him at any point the first time you read it? I guess that it was him. It just felt too suspicious. I also didn't realize until this reread that that person that pickpocketed pickpocketed that gold was part of his thing i realized that I this time around too that. i thought it was yeah. random and then i read this and i was like oh shit you idiot that's not it. <laughs> duh yeah, that was somebody a, the whole thing. mustang says it she was like i bet that red yeah. was part of his group dio or whatever his name is is that not that's not dio yeah that's the red i assume it would yeah. probably yeah. yeah yeah so that was him so she says it she was like i bet they were part of it but i thought that part was wackadoodle and i remember feeling just like so much anxiety for her and it being like it is so unfair you know and like everybody does think these things of her and like she has all these thoughts of like i'm so lowly and like i'm you know i'm a martian and all that kind of stuff and it's like that's so sad like i think that's why i like her character so much because she is so like self-deprecating and she's the only one that's like self-aware Everybody else is just trolloloping through. Like, I'm a gold. I'm a silver. I'm a gray. I'm important. And she's like, I'm fucking nothing. And I suck ass. And when Pax tries to be like, I'm a red too. She said, she literally says the fuck you are. Yeah. That is my favorite line in the entire fucking book. (laughs) He's like, I want to know about the mines. And then she's like, okay. And then he's like, yeah, because I'm a red too. And she literally loses it. And she's like, fuck you and fuck the back of your 10 and fuck your mother and fuck your father. <laughs> oh, I also she's like, I don't even feel bad. Too. What? Did you guys remember that Pax's eyes are rose gold? Nope. I oh. didn't remember that. I didn't know that until you just said it. <laughs> yeah. I thought after I read Morningstar like that, I was like, oh, like, oh, I forgot about that. And then reading this, I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Just because he's not that important right now. But but it's like, how? Genetically, Darrow is 100% gold. Like, they changed mm-hmm. his entire molecular structure. Yeah. This isn't like a Severo situation. And if... Yeah. Like, Severo should have rose gold eyes, if anything. I. Yeah, his kids would make more... Oh, yeah. Not his kids. Yeah, he would. That makes more sense. Yeah, like, Dar- like Severo is truly half red, half gold. Darrow is all gold. He just was born a red. Mm-hmm. And like his kids are a fourth, like Severo's kids are like a fourth red because his mom yeah. was actually a red. Yeah. So Pax actually, is- and that's another thing too. I really like about, I think Victra and like her kids and all those sorts of things. Like Electra is hilarious. And she really like puts Pax in his place. And she's like, you're a fucking idiot. And like beats him in the fighting ring. 
because and he's so pretentious like my parents are like the sovereign and like the ruler of society and they're like yeah and my mom and dad helped your parents get there and you're a pretentious little shit (laughs) and they have way more cause to be like upset about all of this than i feel like pax does like their grandma was literally like axe murdered for just existing i like when Ephraim's like looking at them when they're trying to escape and he like looks at Electra and then he's like I'd call her bluff but her parents are both psychos <laughs> he calls her a psycho so many times I just looked up when she he's like watch him and she says immobilizing strike or just a flesh wound he says just watch him you little psycho yeah <laughs> yeah and then he's like can you peek out and see how many people are out there and she like comes back and she's like six obsidians 14 guns two grays and a copper and he's like the fuck she's like i couldn't see the rest i'm like i just love her and like she's so much more practical and pax just reminds me of lysander like exact same vibe yeah yeah versus the whole time electra's like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah she is like victra and severo put together and she's so fucking cool and like pax is just like do 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 i once read about a razor (laughs) (laughs) you're like shut up you're so stupid he like picks up the gun and she like judges him Oh my god. Okay, also, Pax's best friend being an obsidian. Aww. Did you guys realize that? Yeah. yeah. He's mentioned literally twice and then never again. <laughs> and they both have a crush You're on both Victra. in love with Victra. Yeah. <laughs> that was cute. They have crushes on him. I do really like that. That is cute. I wrote a lot of, I hate Lysander. I, his thoughts about how Cassius is self-serving. I could throttle him. What a pompous fuck. That tracks. That sounds about right. Time. Uh, projecting Cassius's flaws that are also his own flaws on track. That's when enrages me the most, I think. Yeah. And like he, I, I hate his thoughts about some, I know I said this earlier, I like that he respected them, but I hate some of his thoughts about how he's like, Serafina is so fucking cool and like she really knows how to be like respectful and do all these things and like she really grew up with like all this knowledge and look at her her brother he's like the razor master of the rim like he's better than Cassius and I'm like shut up fucking shut up me. I really like Diomedes I do too but me like too. What, you know when they're talking about it it's like his internal monologue is like well Cassius thought he was the best and it turns out he wasn't and I was like and then he literally kills that guy I don't know his name that he was talking about as like the razor master then he literally kills him and Lysander's still like well, that's kind of interesting. I wasn't, I'm a little surprised oh, he, he managed it. His cousin? Yeah, that was the supposed I razor master or whatever. Everybody's, no. cu- everybody's a cousin. Everyone's yeah. fucking related. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like Bel- that part makes me mad. His name is Bel Rafon or something Thank like you. that. Yeah. Yeah. And he literally kills him. That part was fucked up where he's like, oh, that it just makes me so mad. And he's like, let me have this. Let me die with honor. And Lysander's like, I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to make this all about me really quickly, just like for a quick moment. And Cassie's like, I am Cassius, <laughs> morning, night, son of Tiberius, and my honor remains. <laughs> that literally ruined my life. Jumps on a table, too. Like, you could have just stood up and said something. No, Lysander jumps on a table. Is like, my name is, like, sh- sit down. No one cares. Shut up. Literally not a soul cares. They're like, okay, well, prove it. And um, yeah, stab him. You're like, do you think that was going to just stop it immediately? Cassius's shoulder bone is exposed. You think we're all going to be okay? First of all, that man, how, how he made it this far in the game of life. And then how he. It's unacceptable. It's not okay. It's not okay. He did not deserve this. Never forgive him. I'm so sad. I am so sad. Inconsolable the first time I read okay. this. Everybody be quiet after this is important. In the arms of the angel, fly away. 
is our ode to Cassius. Man, that was the most fucked up thing ever. When I read it the first time, I like immediately started Googling if he was still alive or not. Are you for real? Yeah. I asked you a million times and you wouldn't even tell me. Yeah, of course not. You did that? It was important. Anyways, RIP. <laughs> I I don't know. That part made me really mad because he was like so pretentious about it. And then it's like, he's so laissez-faire about it. He's like, this guy literally raised me. You were like devastated about your mom. You were like devastated about this, who who died when you were four. You don't even you fucking remember. no memory of her. Literally none. And he talks about it, how he doesn't have any memory of her. You were so upset about your grandmother. You were so upset about Aja. And then you like have resented, you literally resented Cassius for 10 years. You're telling me you resented him you for 10 years. You spent half of your life with this man who gave you and taught you literally everything since you were 10. And he cries one single time when he dies. One time. I have. He, un- Lysander died. deserves nothing. No, he deserves a very painful death is what Lysander deserves. Period. Period. I just, <laughs> could, I could literally throttle him. And also, I was going to say his internal monologue is kind of gets kind of annoying towards the end because he talks so much about like what people look like and how they don't fit society standards and like how they dress themselves and act. And I'm like, you are so shallow. You know what I mean? He talks a lot about people's accents too. Yeah. And he's like, oh, they're not as posh as me. Mm-hmm. He's insufferable. That's what Lysander is insufferable. I cannot suffer through him any longer. I have to do a whole nother book, but I fucking hate him. I think the whole part where, well, side note, the part where Lysander talks about Cassius being a spoiled brat when he first met him, that whole like flashback scene where they talk about, yes, where they talk about him meeting Cassius for the first time. And he was like, oh, you're the one who's going to be with us. You're the morning night. I wish it was the Reaper. And I was like, what a fucking dick. Did you remember that scene, Tiffany? No. There's like a flashback scene where Lysander like thinks about the first time he ever met Cassius. This is like before they go to battle. And he's like, he's just like all about his own honor and all that stuff. And he's like, Cassius is so pretentious. He's so spoiled. And like, you don't even really know anything. Mm-hmm. And I wish that my like train, and this is before the rebellion. This is like right when Cassius ends up with Mustang and like ends up the morning night with. Yeah. They like the first time he ever met years. Cassius. He like has a flashback and is like, Cassius is so pompous and like spoiled. And I'm like, can you please never speak again? It's so funny because now he's Cassius's age and he acts just like that. Whoops, said it. Don't regret it. I mean, I was really sad when for the fight or whatever with Cassius, he was like telling him about his dad and when his dad wasn't like proud of him because he like kind of mm-hmm. went off the deep end and then he got his life together and then he never got to st- talk to his dad ever again. That was Balling. so sweet. Yeah, that I, was devastating. And that's kind of, I think, when I came to the conclusion, I was like, fuck, he's not going to make it out of this. This is like a really grand like speech kind of where yeah you're not coming back from it who yeah it's that moment you know the character's about to die cassius yeah yeah Yeah. i was like oh no oh no full-blown michael scott like screaming (laughs) yeah it was bad this one's horrific i think the part where lyria ends up with mustang and they have that conversation and she sort of realized like the cracks in her own like inner circle is wild like that whole storyline i think is so cool and like well crafted and put together and like lyria's internal monologue and you know like what mustang's thinking and she's like i hope the gun helps and they're like what gun and then it's like ephraim's gun and then holiday's like fuck 
Yeah. I just loved it. Can I say I love Holiday? Yes. You are allowed. She's one of my faves for sure. She has a good role in this one too, I think. She's just enough yeah. like to not be a complete side character, but like when she literally says, My job is to like protect the society, I can't go with you. It's like mm-hmm. oh, that was really so good. heartbreaking. It's like a good line to draw with him. Yeah, no absolutely. Hundred percent. I love her. Let's go on a crazy fucking suicide mission and break out this fucking psychopath that tried to kill us. He's like, I'll be here at home, BB. Not the best plan. Yeah, that's it's a no for me, dog. If she didn't stay there and had no connection, no one had any other connection, they wouldn't have found it out. That's so true. She's the one that put all the pieces together of like who might have done that. Yeah. I like their plan, but the scene with Ephraim when he meets the Duke of Hands or what have you and he saws off his hand was so graphic. Disgusting. Love that for him. Hot girl shit. Hot girl shit. That entire (laughs) scene is so gross where he like shoots the copper and talks about lighting on fire and like cutting off the Duke's hand and his teeth chattering and it's like seared into my little brain. Mm, The teeth stuff. That, That one really gets me. It's like the end of Sicario. And then he gets stabbed, like, in the face. It's giving woman in the window, and I don't like it. Uh, Benicio Del Toro does that, and he gets shot in the face, and he starts spitting teeth out, and I will never unsee that ever again, because that man is scurry. (laughs) I hate teeth stuff, man. I hate it. No. He literally talks about it goes up and through his gum, and then he just yaks it out. Mm. no thank you i do like that part though i think it's really funny and then they end up on the ship and then you're like oh fuck a doodle do and that part is terrifying did you guys do you have any inkling who you think the queen is or like did you see any of that coming <laughs> apparently not this reread but the first <laughs> yeah they give you so many clues and it's almost like they give you so many and you still wouldn't guess it mm-hmm. i only i only remember that this time because I don't know. I had like a flashback. It was like my war trauma. Yeah. I have like a core memory of that. <laughs> and it makes that. sense. Yeah, it makes sense. But oh, let's talk about really quickly. Let's talk about the part where after Cassius dies, Lysander talks to old lady moon lord chick. I don't know her name. Mm-hmm. Gaia. Gaia. And then it's like, oh, I forgot I knew how to play the piano. Shut the fuck up. And she's like trying to convince him of what exactly. I'm unsure. Like, to break out Romulus is that what she's going for and she hopes that like his wife is just going to be like that's Gucci I'll just chill out over here like I don't really understand how she thought that she was going to solve world peace by letting him out you know what I mean yeah and I don't get why Lysander attacked the obsidian like he really was that secure in himself that he thought the rest of the moon lords were or the ash the moon the moon lords were going to be like yeah thanks so much for like finding out there was going to be a coup too and yeah. you can just chill here. He just spent the first half of this book running away from obsidians on a ship. And then big boy pants came on and he was like, you know what? I should take this guy. Like, but you know, you can't. You literally can't. He literally you know, can't. He gets his ass kick him in the head. And then he's like, oh, my little pilot. Kick him. Kick him. Stupid. Idiot. Lots of kicking and heads at this yeah, there's a lot. I do like her quote where she's like, not all who live fear death. I do like that line. And I think that she's a really interesting character. But yeah, I was like, I don't really understand like what you think is going to happen here because his wife is nuts. And like, we already know that. And I I don't know. That part kind of surprised me. Like, I didn't think Lysander was going to side with Serafina's mom because I felt like Serafina was still kind of leaning towards her dad. 
So it's not like he yeah. like picked what she did. I don't know. I thought that whole thing was like a weird vibe. Is that just I me? I thought it was weird that the mom was like, not treason. Like, then why do you start this whole thing, bro? Like, she was so upset when they decided to murder him. <laughs> but she was like, well, that's not why, that's not why I started this. And it's like, how do you not know that that's the path that we're taking here, bro? Right. What? That made and like, or that it could have been a, a possibility like I, I don't know that whole yeah. end scene i was like this makes this is weird and then they were like i volunteer as tribute send me to the rim or the core like yeah. what now you guys are just going like i don't understand where they got that idea from like that they were like this is the way we're gonna do it we're gonna send la sander and how they found out so quickly that the ash lord was dead you know what i mean like who told you the ash lord was dead because i oh. felt like it takes right there's no fucking way. They like knew Atlantia was in charge. Like who, who sent the telegram? Because yeah. it wasn't Apollonius and it wasn't Darrow. And I don't really understand. Mm. Actually, yeah, that's news to everybody else. Right? Like, is that not just me? I don't understand how this plan like got concocted. Maybe. And then he literally know. says, Ra literally, Romulus literally says as he's dying, you saved my daughter. Can you save the world? The fuck is Lysander going to do? He's 14. Oh, he barely saved her. <laughs> she saved herself yeah with cassie's help the fuck Ugh. that i don't know the, the end is terrifying it's just so dumb but there is a part oh I, I wrote this down i really wanted to share about it there's a part where they're chit-chatting with apollonius we talked about this already so sorry we're never in order i just wrote my notes he's talking with apollonius and he's and then daryl's like okay well if you're sitting here like decrepit who's in charge or the ash lord's mm-hmm. like oh well who do you think it is and then daryl's like oh fuck it's atlantia and he didn't realize it was her. And then he literally says, she would have lived in peace, but you brought her war. And Daryl goes, you mock me. Yeah. And then tells Apple to light that bitch on fire. With some disinfectant. Disgusting. I just love that. And then he literally says, then Daryl goes, after he finds out that his child is being kidnapped, he goes, my sorrow is fathomless. Oof. Somehow though, you don't even like that kid. But- I know. <laughs> He's like more sad that like Severo's sad. I'm like, are you okay? Yeah. You don't even like that kid. Ah. Uh, what a shit show this is. Yeah, the end of this, this is just is terrible. Hard. Like, there's no good way to end it. Everybody's sad. People are dying. I'm like, I don't know, man. This is it's not a cliffhanger necessarily. Like, obviously Ephraim kind of leaves off on a cliffhanger, but it's not so much so that you're like, I don't know what's gonna happen. You obviously know something bad's gonna happen. And then Darrow is like, I'm going to go to war. And then Severo disappears. Where the fuck is Lyria and all this? Oh, she gets kidnapped. That's she, right. Yeah, we forgot got... to talk about that. Yeah. I said she got got by Victor That's right. That's right. She literally is like, I'm going to take a shower for the first time in my life. And they're like, hey, girl. Yeah. And she just sees hell. them blow a huge syringe out of her chest. <laughs> no, ma'am. No, thank you. I don't want that. I won't be doing any of that. Thank you, though. Darrow's last chapter is actually, like, made me want to cry last night, to be honest. Can I point out that I finished this book last night and not today? That's for me. I'm so happy for you. That's happened since we started recording not just this series, but also the Chain of Gold whole that Every single book we've ever covered. Yeah. I just would like to point that out. Claps for me. That is yeah snaps all around i love that the last chapter is really sad and like i don't know it sucks because it's like Severo and him are so i mean they're so close and they have like they're always kind of feel like one in the same and then he this is like the first time he chooses to leave him and abandon him and he's like you made the wrong choice even through everything else they've been through and that kind of sucks for like 
where you want the character to go because like you want the best for Daryl because he's our main character but at the same time I'm like he's dumb like you're really dumb in this one and you made a lot of bad choices you're what's that what's that one video you are so dumb for real for real yeah and I think Pierce said this in an interview he's talking about how the reason why he did Lightbringer and one more is because he didn't want to leave Daryl on like a cliffhanger where he hasn't he hasn't done the work he hasn't put in the work he doesn't know what he did wrong he's just sort of lollygagging about being a warlord thinking he knows the answer to everything and like he needs to, to put in the work that's right yeah because Still he's not a builder he knows that but he was a little bit more conscious of it before yeah now he just he destroys things yeah his internal monologue has changed significantly i think it's kind of wild but mm-hmm. i guess yeah this this does leave on a huge cliffhanger i don't think i was like i need to start the next one right away did you guys kind of feel the same uh, no, I, I think I started. I was like, this is a shit show. Needs to be dealt with. <laughs> I need, I to, need to know what happened. And read. I was in a reading slump after Dark Age for months. For months. <laughs> I Yeah, finished it in July. I think I started reading in October. Because we started. <laughs> okay, who was your MVP? Tiffany? <laughs> I feel like I said earlier who mine was, but now I'm like, who did I say? Oh, Volga. Nice. My favorite okay. person in the whole book. Absolutely. We want the best for her. Do we know who mine is? No. Who's yours? Apple. I was going to say, you can't say holiday again. You said it last time. You nope. think Apollonius is your MVP. Interesting. Absolutely. He moves so much story on. Yeah. Like, I feel like half once Daryl gets off Luna, the rest of it just revolves around getting him out of jail using him and help getting the ash lord you know killing him so yeah he he really pulled all the weight that darrow didn't so that's right and i just love him so i do not know the answer i don't want to be like super basic and be like lyria because i really do like her but i feel like she's super important in this one my backup answer would be rona oh yeah i think she's yeah, she sets the, like, she's, I don't know. I think she's really important for, like, Daryl's morality throughout this. And, like, she tells her no, her. and she's like, I'm fucking common anyway, then. Yeah, she literally sneaks on the show. Said. Yeah. Oh, that's what he would do. Right. She is, like, him as a kid and, like, when he was younger. He, like, goes on a rampage being, like, I had all this mech stuff put on my body to, like, blah blah I was first in my class and you're not yep. gonna let me go but you're gonna like Alex go that's bullshit and I was like get him get that's his ass right. <laughs> and then their conversation their relationship's kind of odd like I think they have a lot of conversations and she's like can I talk to you like we're blood relatives and then they have a conversation like he's still her commander so I think their dynamic's really weird and like Daryl's really struggling to realize that like the people that he didn't specifically choose to be howlers and part of his legion and all that kind of stuff are still people that like matter to him so I think I don't know I think she brings like a really interesting element in and I think she's just funny as hell. I know, me too. But also, I love Lyria. I also need her to keep Alex in his place because I love him, but he needs to rein it in. Yeah, I love she's funny. I just love her. All right, final thoughts slash star ratings for this one? Four stars Four. the first time around. Four stars again. Yeah. 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 I don't know why people like this one so much. I think it's good writing, but like, I don't, I just can't. It's me out. It's necessary only for Dark Age. Correct. Just leave them to Dark Age, and that's all this book is for. If it this is. is your favorite, I'm sorry, but what is wrong with you? Do you need a hug? Are you okay? 
I will give you a better recommendation and it's called Golden Sun. <laughs> Same kind of dread though, for being Yeah, honest. that's very fair. But I, I don't know. It, it, it's so different. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. All right. Well, next week, we'll be talking about Dark Age. R.I.P. us. I might oh. actually cry on that one. Like, I'm, I'm not doing my best. I like don't even want to think about it. I know we came into this and we're like, mama, blah, 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 dark age. And like, wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. But <laughs> AKA me, it was me who did that. Um, <laughs> like, the best he's ever written. Honestly, an actual masterpiece. Super good. 10 out of 10. Gosh, Tiffany almost didn't reread it. Thank you so much for coming on. So glad we went through this experience and journey together. I'm glad we had a great time. I'm super not looking forward at all, even a little bit to dark age. And then we will do Lightbringer where we will send you guys lots of crying updates. So everybody say bye. 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 See you on my stories when I'm crying. R.I.P. <laughs> Hashtag R.I.P. <laughs> Hashtag dead. <laughs> Hashtag pray for us. Okay, bye. Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you aren't following us, go ahead and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And thank you guys again for all of your support. Have a great day.